Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM. We'll speak with Rabbi Yudin in just a moment. I remind you that on the 7th of April, a um, an event celebrating the 50 years of dynamic leadership at Congregation Shomri Torah and beyond, celebrating the incredible uh, careers of Rabbi Benjamin and uh, Rabbi Tenshevi Yudin is going to be happening up in Muncie, New York at the atrium. Everybody out there is encouraged to go to Yudin tribute.org Uden tribute.org uh, certainly we want everyone to attend the dinner and be there for the big celebration it's April the 7th if you're not able to attend then certainly donate in honor of the Udens uh, it's easy to do it on the page Uden tribute.org and frankly those of you who've never met Rabbi Uden but have been enjoying and been gaining from his insights over the last 35 plus years here at JM and the AM uh, we recommend that you uh, pay tribute to the Udins uh, at this time, after all these decades, by going to udintribute.org, udintribute.org, and participating in the 50th anniversary celebration. As I said, we have an opportunity today to speak to Rabbi Udin and reflect a little bit uh, on the last 50 years and the current state of the um, of great American rabbinic leadership uh, that's happening in this country. Uh, Rabbi Yudin, I welcome you back to JM in the AM. Uh, to many, to so many out there, uh, I should really call you Rebbe with all that you have taught us over these last many decades through these airwaves. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Rabbi Yudin, am I right that 50 years goes by very quickly? Incredibly so. Yemesh no Sam Shana. Wow. David Amelach says it so correctly. Yes, very, very quickly. It was 50 years ago that you started to um, have an impact leadership-wise in Fairlawn, New Jersey. You said to me over the telephone this week that back then, 50 years ago, uh, what was the exact figure? How many families were part of the community? We started with 17 families. (laughs) And today, Baruch Hashem, it's much more than that. Thank God. And you've had an opportunity not only to lead the Fairlawn community, but to uh, uh, fill many distinguished positions in the uh, Jewish community, in the world of Jewish education. Uh, You know, a a conversation that many of us in the Siegel family had with our father of blessed memory multiple times. And that conversation was, would you recommend this job to a nice Jewish boy, would you tell those who are considering leadership roles in the Jewish community to consider the American Jewish rabbinate? The answer to that is most definitively yes. If I had the choice to do it all over again, the answer is yes. It is nothing less than a privilege. The Gemara tells us that when some students were asked to take on this position of rabbi, so they hesitated, and their rebbe said to them, Rora, do you think I'm giving you a position of honor? Avdus, I'm giving you a position of servitude. But to serve the Jewish community is an incredible privilege. It's something which is taxing almost 24-7, 
but commensurate with the effort that one puts in, there comes an incredible sipuk hanefesh, an incredible sense of satisfaction, personal growth, and gain at the opportunity of literally being so involved in so many different ways with so many individuals and, thank God, institutions. The answer is, most definitively, it is an exceedingly rewarding, if we have to call it a profession, let's call it that, but exceedingly rewarding. And you say all these kind words about the profession uh, during an era when rabbis, young rabbis and older ones, are facing problems and questions and situations that prior generations would never have believed are, in fact, problems and questions. Um, even with those difficulties and even with the complicated uh, um, um, scenarios that need to be decided upon, you still would say it is worthwhile pursuing it. Most definitively, yes. The answer is yes, because after all is said and done, Nachum, the nature of man has not changed. And that Torah as our guide and Torah to respond to literally every aspect of our life, that hasn't changed. Circumstances change, but the rule book has not changed. And the application, while it might change, but its essence is there. And so um, it is so exciting to watch so much personal growth, you know, so much communal growth. Um, I can only say, Nachum, that when I was privileged to start, there was no JM in the AM. When I was privileged to start, the Jewish community at large was so different. There was so much less learning done at that time. Um, I can only tell you, let's look at Fairlaw, New Jersey. When I came, and understandably so, because Fairlaw was and is like a suburb of Patterson. Right. Patterson at one time was an ear of Aim Yisrael. Many, many um, um, refugees had come to Patterson, set up shop there, literally factories, etc. And as they did better financially, so they bought nicer homes in Patterson, and they went over the Passaic River approximately two miles away to Fairlawn. So right. understandably, the first ones that came to Fairlawn were not the most committed to having an Orthodox shul. And so they had interestingly uh, asked the local conservative uh, Rav if they could please use his chapel for um, services on Yom Noroyim, and ouch, because he said no, that is really what called for, these people said, we need to have some of that old-time Baruch Hashem tradition. And just to go back and reflect a little bit, that there were, there was no yeshiva high school in all of New Jersey at that time, North Jersey, so there were some young men going to MTA, and uh, their rabbi, Rabbi Gordon, realized they didn't have in Fairlawn an Orthodox shul. He went to Yeshiva University, 
who had a new communities bureau, Rabbi Hurt, Rabbi Dobrinsky at that time, and the rest, as they say, is history. In 1969, when I was privileged to uh, get smicha, there had already been approximately 17, like I said, families that had banded together. And uh, at that time, just to show the demographics, how it's changed, there were three large, already functioning conservative synagogues. There is was one reform synagogue. Today, there's only, unfortunately, and I say this because there's only one and a half conservative synagogues. There is no reform. And unfortunately, the majority of those that dropped out did not go to Orthodox shuls. Right. While there are today, thank God, six Orthodox shuls in Fairlawn, Wow. Yes, we have Baruch Hashem grown as a as a community and with all its amenities that it needs. But at the same time, we have to realize that there's still a great deal of work to be done out there, whether you want to call it Kiruv or simply bringing back so many of our Chenu Kobes Yisrael, bringing them unto a very special fold. Rabbi Yudin is with us live via telephone, April 7th, the big dinner. What was the first Parsha, Rabbi Yudin? You started in Fairlawn. What what week was the first uh, Parsha that you were there? Well, I started on Rosh Hashanah ah. in September of um, 1969. But I can tell you, Nachum, that my first Parsha on, uh, it wasn't called at that time, J.M. in the A.M., but right. my first and I think we should just give um, the, the one who, Norman Laster, who invited me at that time yep. to give the um, debut uh, Devar Torah, was on Parsha's bow. Mm. He said, Rabbi, <laughs> do me a favor, give it Devar Torah once, and the rest, as you know, <laughs> is history, thank God. And I'm glad you mentioned Norman, because uh, Norman Laster of blessed memory, because the reality is that every time... Anybody around the world hears the uh, Parshas Hashavua, the Torah portion from Rabbi Yudin, uh, Norman's neshama gets uh, gets a lift because he is, as Rabbi Yudin just said, uh, responsible for that. And uh, we want to give him, of course, proper credit and that uh, all of this uh, should be as close for his neshama. Um, the, um, the event is April 7th, everybody. We are encouraging everyone around the world, those who know the Yudins, those who do live in Fairlawn, those who don't live in Fairlawn, those who've been with the Yudins at Camp Hillel and other places during the summer, those who've been with Rabbi Yudin at JSS and other programs up at Yeshiva University, uh, pay tribute and be part of uh, Shomri Torah's 50th anniversary celebration celebrating Rabbi Benjamin and Chevy Yudin. It's very easy. Go to yudintribute.org. We'd love for everybody to make a reservation for the dinner, but again, if you can't be there on April 7th, certainly donate at yudintribute.org. And Rabbi Yudin, uh, obviously, and everyone knows this without me saying it, but I'll say it, uh, I'm sure that you and the Rebbitson are not exactly 100% comfortable with this whole, you know, tribute situation. But in a way, wouldn't you say that this is a this is also a tribute to Shomrei Torah? It's a tribute to the Fairlawn Jewish community because you described just minutes ago how there were fighters. There were people at the beginning of this whole process who who wanted authentic Judaism, who wanted the tradition to be in their neighborhood 
So so you would say, I'm sure, that it's not just you and the Rebetzin, but it's all those who fought with you, it's all those who progressed with you, it's all those who learned with you who also get credit for this half a century. Not just credit, Malcolm. You are so right. Let's just remember something. Anytime. Mincha, Mincha, we have eight, and the rabbi walks in. We still just have nine. Right. We don't have a minion. Well, there's no question he might help to lead and be a force within, but there's no question that he cannot do it alone. And uh, I, I was so privileged. I'm going to tell you, Nachum, what makes our Beis HaKnesses unique is that it is most heterogeneous. From the very beginning, there were those who were um, raised within Orthodoxy, and from the very beginning, we were privileged to attract uh, those who saw something meaningful, special to it. I'm going to give you one or two examples that because we had such a strong, solid foundation, when we, I started and the Pesach Knesset started in the basement of a house, a very small room. And then we were privileged to expand to the side yard, which was approximately 30 feet wide, 50 feet long. So I mentioned that at the time that we would be um, building that extension to the home, that we would be burying Shamos. Okay. Now, one of the Balei Tshuva in the uh, in our Pesach Knesses, who never heard of burying Shemos, but he heard the term burying on the day that we had, you know, that dedication, and we were going to bury the Shemos. He came with approximately four or five little coffins, and at first I didn't even realize, like, what's this? And he said, Rabbi. We're burying Shamos. And I looked and I realized how sincere, meaningful this act was to them. Now, that's just the smallest example of the the, the earnestness with which so many put into this uh, Beisach Knesset. And I really believe that it's because of their sincerity, because of their true devotion, and I'll say emuna pshuta that we were privileged to have the great success that we've had over the years. And lest this uh, should go to our head, we should realize that whatever brachos Hiyakarish Baruch has showered upon us, there still is a great deal to be done even within our community, not only the opportunity that each Pesach Knesset today has, to have the influence beyond the immediate community, but still within the immediate community, there's a great deal to be done, uh, despite the fact that, thank God, we or especially because of the fact that we've accomplished so much. So I think that while, yes, it certainly is, a great uh, tribute to the community. And especially, let's understand something. When newer families move in today, they find a mikvah, they find an Eruv, they find kosher establishments. But now you have to put yourself back. The, The joy and the excitement that we had in literally creating all of the very basic, you know, amenities and necessities that a community needs. And you can't 
imagine and appreciate the difference between something that you have literally um, raised the money for, that you realize the struggle, the sacrifice, you know, that is certainly much more endearing. And so, therefore, it's a greater challenge to try to involve the newer families and to give them that sense of excitement. I remember, Nachum, that we used to advertise going back years ago, if you have a pioneering spirit, come and join us in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Right. Thank God. <laughs> Rabbi Yudin, I have a minute left, but there's two things I got to do. First of all, um, <laughs> nobody would believe this, but the 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 uh, sacrifice is the wrong word. You and you and I joke about this more than we talk about the sacrifice, uh, and that is the um, the situations that have almost interfered <laughs> with getting the the uh, parshas hashavua on the air every week for 35 plus years. Uh, more more years for you, but the thirty five plus that I've been here, uh, whether it's um, uh, whether it's uh, you're at a bris or God forbid some other type of occasion, or uh, or you and I in Chevron together, and I'm passing the phone to you because we make sure to meet together so we could do it together. Uh, whether it's phone lines down, and you remember this, you remember in the old radio station the phone lines went down more than once, and you actually had a messenger get us a recording as soon as possible in the days before email and all that stuff. Uh, so I, I think again, some people would call it dedication. I think you and I look at it with more of a of a smile and uh, and, and uh, you know with the, with the levity involved in terms of how we sometimes have to make sure to get the parsha shavu on the air. But the bottom line is that you and I both believe that nobody can go into Shabbos. And for some people, you know that the Friday morning JM and the AM is their Shabbos observance. You and I know that, and nobody can go into Shabbos without hearing something about the parsha. Correct. Yes, and I can't tell you what an incredible privilege it's been for me. I mean it. And I can only thank all... One second. The listeners. Out there, most of the time I don't have an opportunity to think about this, but most of my colleagues prepare one drusha for each Shabbos. I've had the the challenge of two, because (laughs) I can't recall ever repeating on Shabbos morning what I've said on Friday morning, (laughs) because too many of them, thank God, listen. (laughs) Every once in a while, I'm guilty that a few years later, I might go back to a radio program, (laughs) but don't tell anybody. But other than that... Um, it's been for me such personal growth and been an opportunity once again to to become acquainted with uh, so many different people in so many different communities. And uh, I'll tell you personally, the challenge always was to find something that will, I can't say Moses, I don't want to turn off the more learned community, right. and uh, I have to translate in order to satisfy the not yet learned community. Right. Thank God your audience is so uh, diverse that I have to find truthfully something that excites me. And once I'm excited, I try to share that excitement with everybody else. And finally, uh, while Rabbi Yudin would continue to insist wrongfully that he does not deserve this recognition, 
he certainly would agree that Rebetzin Chevy does deserve the recognition. So to you and the Rebetzin, Rabbi Yudin, we say Mazel Tov, and I thank you again for everything, and we'll see you, Bezrat Hashem, on April the 7th. Thank you. Shabbat Shalom. Oh, yes. Shabbat Shalom is right. Uh, Rabbi Benjamin Chevy Yudin's 50 years of dynamic leadership at Congregation Shomer Torah and beyond will be recognized on April 7th. Be at the dinner. Go to yudintribute.org. If you can't be there, or if you're somebody who's gained from Rabbi Yudin over all these years but has never met him, whatever the situation, please donate and support. Go to yudintribute.org.